Welcome to the fourth episode of A Politic. This is a progressive discussion of politics for people who hate politics. What we're trying to do is encourage you and empower you and invite you to become an active part of this society using your vote, making things better for everybody in our society. We don't want to play games. We don't want to pass along bogus information. We want to treat you with respect. And again, we want to empower you because if you are interested in improving our society and having your voice heard, then we will make progress and have a better society. We want to provide you with high quality information and we want to reduce the amount of bogus information out there. So we will be disputing things sometimes. We will be trying to give you as straight as possible the information you need to decide if you want to be part of this society and part of the voting public. Just to give you an example of some information you may not have heard, about 138 million voters voted in 2016 in the presidential election. Now that 138 million sounds like a lot, but that's actually only 58% of the voting eligible population. So nearly four out of 10 eligible voters didn't vote. That's according to the University of Penn State. Now in Pennsylvania, 61% of the population voted. That's around 5.96 million. But again, that's only 61%. The highest we've ever had in the recent past is 61% in the whole country in 2008. And in 2012, only 58% turned out. So these are pathetic numbers, really. 40% of our people are not voting. And according to this Penn State information, which I will include in the web notes, We've had, in uh, our election history, we've had as low as 10% of eligible voters in the election of 1820. Can you imagine that? 10% of eligible voters. Now, in 1840, just 20 years later, 80% voted. And we've had as high as 82% in 
in the election of 1876. Ever since then, the numbers have been falling. And again, we're looking really bad in 2020. But we can make a difference. We can improve that number. And our goal is to get to as close to 100% as possible. I don't know if you're aware of this, but in Australia, there's a law that you must vote and they have 99% participation. So if the United States had 99% voting participation, how might we be different? Well, this is what we're talking about on Apolitik. And we're getting ready to start our fourth episode. So please join us. Welcome to episode four of A Politic. We're making an attempt here to talk about politics in a way that people who don't normally like to talk about politics can be involved in the conversation here, can think about what we're talking about. And again, our desire is to produce a podcast that people are going to want to listen to. People are going to want to register to vote. They want to become a voter. They want to become an informed voter. And so in our first couple of podcasts, we were trying to talk about various principles of progressivism. And progressivism is a nonpartisan concept that basically wants us to move forward in our society. And in our third podcast, we talked about increasing civil liberties and personal freedom. And there was something that I thought about, Steve, when we were finishing up our discussion and I ended the discussion before we could really move on with it. So I wanted to discuss this issue of sovereignty So, Steve, can you tell me what you were thinking about when we were talking about sovereignty in the last episode? Well, um, basically, Bill, uh, sovereignty is the term used that directs the idea of where all the power in a society ultimately rests. Sovereignty is really the, the full right and power of a governing body over itself. And the founders of this nation, as uh, we talked about earlier, as as imperfect humans that they were, they established the precedent in history that the sovereign was not going to be a king. It was not going to be a member of a royal bloodline. The sovereign was going to be the people of the society itself. And all power would flow from the citizenry to those branches of our government that the founders established that basically wielded the will of the sovereign, and in this case, the people, the citizens of of the United States. And what was so wondrous about the founders' architecture was that they didn't want – 
the power to rest solely in the hands of one entity in the in the society. So they created a tripartite or three branch government. There was a legislative branch, a judicial branch, and an executive branch, and they all were co-equal in the sense that together the will of the sovereign or the American people would be done, but that no single entity wielded more power than the other. So we are the sovereign, we the people. We, the people of the United States, not, uh, you know, the, the King of England or uh, uh, the, the Church of, of, of a particular faith. And everything flows, all power, all, uh, well, all power flows from the people. And it had never been done before. I mean, in the 10,000 years of human history, all we had were kings and emperors and pharaohs and and bloodlines, and not until the founding of the United States were the people the ultimate reservoir of all power. So this is it, the, it, was, it was remarkable. It was a remarkable uh, idea. Yeah. So this is the significance of why we're trying to interest people who normally aren't interested in talking about politics to be involved in this podcast, to think about, hey, that sovereign is me. I'm part of that. I don't want to just give up. I don't want to just opt out and not participate. I want to be part of that sovereign entity, which is the people. I don't want to give up on my part of that sovereignty, right? Absolutely. I mean, if you go to the Middle Ages, I mean, we had kings, and then there were the peasantry, and there was serfdom, and and basically, unless you were part of the quote unquote chosen few, whose power and lineage went back generation after generation after generation, that that basically it wasn't until uh, 1776 that um, a, an expression of um, of power that rested in the hands of the everyday person uh, actually made an appearance on, on earth. And, and I think that, that that is, again, why the election in the next 80 days is so, is so critical, because the future uh, trajectory of, of, our, of our society, I think, rests in the balance. Okay. Do we, conti- do we continue to be the sovereign, or are we going to yield over to powers that be that will want to continue to water down the ability of the citizenry to be the ultimate decision makers? Okay, so that's sovereignty. Now, we used a term last time, autocracy, and we were using that with reference to Belarus. And I wanted to spend just a minute to flesh that out a little bit more. What do you mean by autocracy? Well, autocracy really is pretty straightforward. Um, It is a system of government in which the supreme political power is directed towards one individual 
and the decisions that flow from that individual fall on all of the citizenry uniformly. So basically, it is a supreme political power that rests with a single individual, and all the state's power is concentrated in the hands of that one person. And kings, emperors, Caesars, they would all uh, fit historically into the term of an autocracy. Okay, now would that also include dictators? Well, um, it, it, it would be, it would probably also include a dictator. Um, an autocrat kind of plays around the edges of wanting to look like um, the people really do have um, rights and uh, privileges. But if we see what's going on in Belarus right now, where uh, the leader who's been there for over 25 years decided it was time for an election, and you know, he received 88%, I think, of, of the vote. And he really basically controls all the powers of government. And the, the, the general public in that country right now are just literally at the end of their rope in terms of wanting to see him kind of pack his bags and uh, let the people truly have an election. Uh, but a, a dictator... Uh, he doesn't even, or she doesn't even, play on the margins. In other words, it is every word that comes out of their mouth, that's the law. And it can change day to day or hour by hour. And any semblance of the people having any say in the running of their society is totally gone. I mean, uh, obviously, Mussolini, Hitler... Um, they were they were prime examples of, of uh, dictators uh, in the 20th century. Okay, so as of today, August 17th, 2020, the people of Belarus are uh, agitating and demonstrating that they want this guy gone, and we are seeing a uh, play being... Um, taken right now where people are trying to get this guy gone and he's trying to stay. So it'll be interesting to see how that works, if he's able well, to see stay what, or what's, not. What's critical in this is that in, in a dictatorship, or particularly there, but in an autocracy, the power, the military, the police forces, they all are in the hands of the autocrat. And they, they work and at the direction of the autocrats' decision-making. And if, you, if people have seen any of the video coming from Belarus in the last couple of days, hundreds of thousands of citizens in that society have come out and said, we've had it. And uh, it's been very peaceful so far. But um, we're going to have to see whether uh, this guy who's currently the leader there packs his bags and shuffle off to, you know, who knows where. But um, it's a very fragile time for that. Uh, they're referring to this gentleman, and that is being very respectful and <laughs> to this guy, as, um, you know, basically, um, you know, one step shy of being a dictator. Uh, they refer to him as the last dictator of Europe. Okay, well, let's stop right there.
All right, I wanted to just transition from yesterday's episode for the first principle. Now we're going to move into the second principle, and we may spend more than one day on this. But the second principle is increases the freedom of personal and corporate enterprise balanced by personal and corporate accountability. So what I'm thinking is that this is a country where people can come up with an idea that could start off fairly small and then could mushroom into something amazingly huge. Just as an example, Facebook started off as a more or less dating information website in a campus, and all of a sudden, after 10 years of development, it becomes a worldwide phenomenon and as a multi, multi-billion dollar corporation. And I just want people to realize that part of the progressive idea is that each individual may come up with an idea. They may come up with something that is not very significant and not very many people are interested, or they may come up with something that's really popular, that's really interesting, and all of a sudden you have something like a Google or a Facebook or one of these giant you know, Amazon corporations. And so I just wanted you to comment, Steve, on that, the idea that progressivism allows people to experience freedom in personal and corporate, meaning that more than one person can get together and start an idea, but they must balance it with personal and corporate responsibility. So go with that, Steve. What do you got to say? Another example, Bill, uh, is Bill Gates. I mean, he started in his garage uh, with an idea to create a, a, a small computer for the home, and he basically turned his company into one of the great uh, corporate enterprises in the world. Henry Ford, a hundred years earlier, mass-produced uh, the, the Fliver, uh, the Model T, and the automobile industry took off. I think the thing that really has to be stressed here under this principle is not the idea of free enterprise, but the idea of the freedom to enterprise. And America really is the fertile ground for that particular way of looking at economies and ways of, of doing business. It's an environment in which Anybody and everybody, if you got a good idea and you can run with it, you may succeed and then you may not. But in some societies, you need the permission of uh, the leaders, the autocrat, and usually if uh, you're lucky, they'll probably not want to take a percentage of your idea. But in a lot of societies... If you can have a good idea, but you're not going to be able to run with it solely, you're going to have to share it with the powerful in the society. Well, that's the end of this fourth segment, the fourth podcast of A Politic. I'd just like to thank you for joining us, and I'd like to, to encourage you to listen to our next episode.
Thank you for joining us for episode four of A Politic. We'll look forward to seeing you next time where we will go into greater detail on principle two, the freedom to enterprise. Take care and see you later.